here is extra Mesiris Nefesh, so uh, everybody's parts. So we'll uh, remind me at the end of this year, we'll take a uh, call for next week, which might even be more Mesiris Nefesh. We are up to Malachan Bay's Parag Yud Zion. Let's go back to Pasuk Hay. If you recall, we began this Parag, the last Melech of the Malcha Yisrael, the Asaras Ashratim. Rain during the time of Ochaz, Hoshea ben Eila. And as you mentioned last week, he wasn't the worst of them, at least he took down the guards. Unfortunately, because of that, there was a Kitchigan Klaisov, as they didn't go a Lila Rego. We discussed Abdanka's view on why that should be a Chiyav, Golis, and Misa, and the undoing of the entire kingdom. Most likely, I think, because they had the opportunity to reunite with Klai Yisrael, to do tshuva, to come back to Yishalayim, and they didn't take it. It wasn't just the mitzvah of Alila Regal, per se. The Pasuk goes on to describe Ashur's entry now into Yisrael, and maybe uh, Shvagi, maybe take this uh, look over there. Maybe just from afar. I think it might uh, be a little shaky there. Yeah. Uh, so we are on Malachan Bay's Parak Yedzaim. We're going to start Pasuk Hay. Pasuk Dalit from last week. Oshea made the tremendous mistake of trying to make an alliance with Melech Mitzrayim. Depended on him and that is usually is a very bad move, and in terms of his nationalistic shifas, he meant well, sort of, keep Klaes all together, but he didn't understand that the success of the kingdom is going to depend on their tshuva and their getting rid of the Azara, which he wasn't willing to do. At this point, they weren't willing to do, so whatever strategic plan you have in place is not going to help you. Asher now is not only coming, but he's coming to stay, lest you think that the kingdom of Yehuda is going to breathe easy while this is going on. Uh, we'll describe it in greater length when we get to Chizkiyo HaMelech, but the contrast has to at least start uh, creeping into our head because it's crucial for the understanding of the godless of Chizkiyo and what he was able to do and turn around versus the destruction that's going on, the Aser Seshvatim. Aser Seshvatim are 10 out of 12 Shvatim, and we're talking about destruction of Rav Minyan and Binyan Eklayisol here. They're leaving, and according to half the sheet, they're not coming back. So you can imagine the uh, atmosphere this created. Obviously, in the Assessor Shvatim, there were a few left, but Yehuda is watching this. Yehuda, right now, under Ochaz, is a very small, weak kingdom, and they're not doing so well in their Ruchnius. Ochaz closes the base Medrash, attempts to. Does a pretty good job, unfortunately. Uh, he's closing down the base of Mikdash, imported his own Mizbeach. And the people of Yehuda looking on, Ashur, to date, had conquered the entire civilized world, and there's no reason to believe that he's going to stop in the Galil or in central Eretz Yisrael. That's very important for this prayer, but even more important for when we get to Chizkiyo HaMelech, begin to understand how, uh, how bad things were and how crucial he was in 
the fact that we're still sitting here, that's not an understatement. So we'll get to that and we'll review that when we go there. Let's just see the original invasion. Again, Pasuk Hei, V'yal Melech Asher, V'chalorez, V'yal Shemer, V'yal Shaloshonim, and he lays siege to the capital city. V'shnas Hachis, L'Hoshea, Loch HaMelech Asher, Shemer, V'yagos, Yisrael Ashura, Yeshev Asam, V'chlas, V'chavor, Nahar Gozen, V'ari Modai. I'm sure we're going to have time to discuss this as we go on, but uh, there's been an absolute fascination by Yidin and even by Goyim about the Aserah Sashvatim, looking for them. I mean, what haven't you heard about the Ten Lost Tribes? It's, it's a fascination um, worldwide. <coughs> Interesting thing is, with the tremendous amount of anti-Semitism that has always been around and is still uh, rearing its ugly head, it's kind of interesting that everybody in the world basically claims to be Jewish. <laughs> Wherever you go, he's claiming that tribe in, in Africa, in the Far East, in Afghanistan, and the, the Taliban. That's a stretch. Although some of them... Are there rayas? The rayas are fascinating. Did you ever look into this? They find all sorts of interesting things. What does that prove? Not much. It proves that Jews were in Abrakanfis arts as the Pusik says, and Gullis has been uh, very long, we've been all over the place, and Yidin came, and they came with their Sifritera and their writings and their artifacts, and, and it's been thousands of years. So the fact that they find things, the fact that the locals picked up various, I don't want to call it minhagim, but customs, uh, to have tribes in Africa, they, they were doing Hadlokas Neiris, and they're doing Bris Mila on the eighth day. Bris Mila is not a Kiddush, Americans do that, they do a circumcision, they do it on the eighth day, and they had various things that looked like something to do with Yiddishkeit. It doesn't really prove much. Is it out of the question that they're the descendants of the Sassar Of course not. Sassar went somewhere. As a matter of fact, we have very clearly over here where they went. And from there, they probably went further. The sheet uh, that holds, they're not coming back, holds, as I mentioned, that there were small numbers of the, all the Sassar living in Yehuda, because we're going to have... 12 shot from the level. And the one that says they are coming back, either you go with the Sambachon theory, the Madrashim, that there is a very large group of them somewhere out yonder, and they can't come back either because then they're saying they're not supposed to come back yet, or Hashem made sure they couldn't come back. Sambachon River is raging all week, except for Shabbos, Shabbos, at the The fact that people have a big kasha. Whenever you mention that uh, measure, this is not, there, there are other things you have to understand. This kasha is not a kasha. The kasha is two word kasha. What's the two words? National Geographic. Kind of funny kasha is that? So, it's, uh, many people are there. They got a picture of everything. They've interviewed every single tribe from the uh, deep Africans to the South Americans to the, happens to be uh, National Geographic, uh, they, there are places, plenty of places in the world we haven't seen. You can't even get pictures. The forest is so dense, you can't get pictures, satellite pictures. Can't get in there. They're constantly discovering new things and new people. So that's not Akasha. And if Hashem didn't want National Geographic to find them, they're not going to find them anyway, as talented as they are. So that's not Akasha. The fact that we haven't found them. If, like that side, they're not supposed to be found, they're not supposed to be coming, so we're not going to find them, and if Hashem lost the love, we'll find them. The other Mandamer holds that they unfortunately went and assimilated, which, I don't want to take sides, which is easier to read in the Pesukim, but Akash Baruch could do a nace, that would be a tremendous nace, to keep them all from for Deri Deris. 
But if you don't hold that's what happened, they, they left and they didn't have an infrastructure, unlike the Golas of Yehuda. This is vital to the survival. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nizrachim sent the Cherish Namaskar and they prepared ahead of time and they laid the foundation that a whole community with the yeshivas and the chadarim and the shuls and the kailim, everything was set so that when they went to the masses, went into Golas later, Golas Bavl, they had an infrastructure and they learned and they survived and they kept mitzvahs. Here, the Kamat had no warning. <coughs> saying there was a three-year siege. Okay, but they, they were under siege. Nobody went ahead of time to land. They didn't know where they were going. And here they go into Golis. No infrastructure, no learning, no way to carry on the Messiah. They very little learning. They saw they were not too from. So they started off in Lower Madrega. When Yehuda went to Golis, they were interested in learning because as bad as things were with the Avodah it was a Chorban. There were still a lot of very from people, a lot of Tamil Chachamim. They didn't have that in the Assassin's Shvatim. They didn't have any, but they didn't have enough. And they went to Golis. What's going to happen when you go without an infrastructure? You're going to assimilate. You're going to eventually marry the locals. And the people were bumping it today with all the pictures and the documentaries on the Assassin's Shvatim, the Ten Lost Tribes. If they're looking at descendants, which is a possibility, the chance of them being Jewish statistically is not that high if they intermarried, which is just what happened. And if they are Jewish, the chances of them not having Mamzerus without getting condition is very complex. Which, when the Ethiopians came to Yisrael, the tshuvas written by Raji Yosef and everybody else were writing tshuvas on what to do. The tshuvas written originally were very clear. We don't know if they're Jewish. Maybe yeah, maybe not. We don't know about the yichus. If they aren't Jewish, the yichus is easier. Do a geirus We have a number of sex fakers, and we're good to go. That would have been a great plan. Of course, then the Mariv and all the other papers, Kedarka Matuma, got a hold of it, and they convinced these immigrants who knew nothing about politics or about anything, and they were naturally, had an atiyah toward Frumkite, they had a Messiah of sorts, a lot of it like the Stukim of the Quran, but they had something, and they had a sheaf of Ruchnius, and they're going to the promised land, they were thrilled. And then they got a hold of them, and they, Nebuch, unfortunately, uh, told them, you have rights, and chutzpah, you were persecuted as Jews, and now they're questioning your Jewish identity. Again, the left's definition of miyud is whoever's persecuted as, as a Jew. So whoever the Nazis in Machshimam killed, so if it's good enough for them to send you to a concentration camp, you're Jewish. Uh, Hitler, Yamachshimam's definition, and all the other people who were persecuting the Jews, that's not the definition of miyud, obviously. So, unfortunately, I was there during that kufa. They convinced most of them that this was unnecessary and the rabbis are being cruel. And after all you've been through, this is what you have to do, and now you have to go through a Geras process. And most of them didn't do it. Some of them didn't. Some of them are from... I was uh, on the basement for Geras of one of them recently who had gone to 25, 30 years after they came, who had gone through a Geras process. And I was by Ramissim and with his, uh, with his basement. And he asked me to come join for the, uh, for the process and um, went to a regular yeshiva and he was doing a geiris l'chumru. But he was doing it. That's a miyot of the miyot, unfortunately. So anybody who comes, I think, um, who was the uh, Sephardi chief rabbi earlier? It was a Rabbi Nisim, I think? Uh, in the 60s, maybe? Uh, he, when the, one of the Indian Jewish groups came, there were a few different groups. There was a Bnei Menashe, and then they, were, they came at different Kufus. And he also suggested that, very interesting story, and I have a Masaira, maybe you should do a Geras Lachoma, and it was the same to do. And 
some of them have a stronger Masaira and the story is more airtight and some less. In India there were a few different groups and they're not all the same. But anybody who's around for thousands of years and uh, they didn't have a big market for Shaduchim was, uh, was an issue. The issue of intermarriage or if it was too tight a community, the issue of Gid and Gedushim. These are, these are the most serious issues and Yichus you can have. So Geras L'Chumar already is somewhat of an easy way out. Whatever it is, wherever these places are, I've seen maps drawn to try to guess exactly where they were. Uh, some of them we have actual from, from digs in the area. We have some evidence of what uh, Melech Hashor captured and him writing about it. Vayhi pasuk vav, pasuk zayin, vayhi ki chatu b'nei Yisrael Hashem Elokehem. Now we're giving a recap of why they went to Gullus in the first place. Quite a panoramic view. We're now taking the uh, last few hundred years. And in short, we're trying to say why it happened and why they should have known better. And then they started worshipping other gods. Yeah. Is fear? It means they worship the... Uh, the uh, they got into their avoda, which was the problem over here, is they didn't forget completely uh, the real Hashem. It's just that that's Eliyahu's message. I must say, how are you going to jump on two sides, how do you straddle the fence? The reason the Pasi is going through this is because if you have a conquering nation and the nation that gets conquered, even Goyim would recognize that whatever their gods were, they were pretty worthless. Because they didn't save them. So here, even if you weren't that from, which they were when they came in, you see the Gayim are being killed and displaced, and you're the victor, and they lost. So how can it be? That's an added piece of Musar. These are the people who lost. Why are you taking their gods? And all the... Um, the uh, twin blame over here is on the Malchi Yisrael and on the people itself. I'm going to come back to that because that's important. Uh, Yehuda ends up getting involved in Avodah also, and yet they weren't lost completely. Why is that? Why is it that, according to one sheet, they're never coming back and the other sheet holds they might be, but they haven't been around Potiklai for a long time. And yet over here, uh, there's uh, the contrast will be with Yehuda. They're going to have a gullus. They're going to lose many people, but Klaisel is going to survive. The difference, in short, we'll have to document this, is that in Yehuda, the pressure came down from the top of Malachim who were Rishayim to convince the people to do bad things. So some of the weaker people went along. Here, the people in the Yisrael the kings were all Rishayim also, but the people in the Yisrael went along, believe in Ephesh. They themselves accepted the, uh, the program. And they had tainas, and they made up all sorts of things about what Hashem did or didn't do for them. That was their rationalization. And all throughout there was a Navarazar in every, every hill, under every tree. And again, to contrast, they're adopting the minhagim, the customs of the Gayim. These are the people who lost. Why do you look up to them? And ultimately, the start of the became Lahachis. 
not without warning after they started falling into the Avodah Zarah, Hashem sent them to Vian many times and warned them. Perfect for our series Hashem understands sometimes have uh, you have a lapse in the Avodah Hashem, so they had Nevi'im, many of them, and they were sent, and they, as we have learned, they, there were plenty of Nevi'im that were sent to the Asos Shvatim, and they were active. Yes, Eliel, Elisha among them, chief among them, yes. Even though I made the disclaimer before that we're going to have to draw a very sharp contrast because the result is Yasser Magan and Yehuda's not. So why is that? That's the, that's the question. But yes, uh, the, there were, we have been uh, not exclusively but uh, very heavily looking at the activity of Eliel Anavi and Elisha in Yasser Shvatim. Things, things are so bad they were sent with a program, Elio Dashut Echutz, the Harosha of all times to bring them back, extreme measures. Then Elisha spends decades doing Nisimut of Flows every other day to bring them back. Remember the carrot and the stick. There are Nevi'im active in Yehuda as well, and there'll be men Nevi'im we yet can learn about when we go back to Chizkiah who are encouraging the good kings and giving lists of the bad kings. We saw with Ochoz a few weeks ago. But so that's why Yehuda's in here. They also got plenty of warnings, and the Chorban will come for Yehuda. But the result will be quite different. Yesterday, during the Kuva uh, Joshua, we spoke about uh, the Milo, the Medrash fat. They are three very, very uh, difficult stubborn creatures, the uh, dog and the chayas uh, and the tarnagol and the aphis and klai yisrael among the umas ha'elam. And the Medjish points out that's a compliment, usually. The fact that we're still here is because we're amksheyerv. Over here, it's not a compliment. It's not a compliment like in the Midbar when Moshe Rabbeinu said amksheyerv. The yamasu eschukav esbiso shekaris esavesam ves edesa v'shehei bam v'yocha acharei ahevo v'yeh and specifically in the Chumash, we have warned Klaisrael many times, Hashem warned Klaisrael many times, not only not to Avadazar, but not to look and pick it up from the Gaim around you because it was accessible. And uh, despite the fact that the Gaim were held in contempt as they were conquered, it didn't help. Yeruvah Menavot, the first king, made this Avodah for the Agolim, which he did not mean for Avodah Zarah, but degenerated into that. Vayasa Asherah, Tachvul Chotzva Hashemayim V'yavdu Es Habal. Habal was imported later. It was championed by Acha Benizevel in the Yisrael Shvatim. Avirah Zbaneim V'Esbenosem went from bad to worse, and then they stooped to Moilach, which not only entailed Avodah Zarah, but singeing or burning children, Rachmah Litzlan. And again, uh, key word here, this started off as a taiva, a natural taiva for which we don't understand because they shafted the Yitzhar for Vodazar before they built Bayashani. But here it keeps saying Lahachis, yes. Was it 
Was it a type of Avadu Zarah, or was Avadu Zarah an excuse for Arroyas? So the Gemara says it was an excuse for Arroyas also. It became a head of everything. It was an excuse for Arroyas, and just do whatever you want, because once you pay homage to this god, he pops you, you pay whatever you pay, and anything goes. Because I'll do comment on that, but Lahachisa eventually happened, why would you want to be Lahachis? You have an Avadu you have a Taiva. What's Lahachis? Lahachis becomes when you can't live with yourself. He's a yidin with Yiddish and Neshamas. And after a while, you become so far that you have to be lahachis. Why else does somebody want to be lahachis? If you want to relax and do whatever you want, so do whatever you want. What do you got to be militant about it for? The answer is you have guilt, and then it turns into lahachis, and that's how entrenched it got. The son of Hashem, Abi Yisrael, Hashem was uh, quite kaviyachal, upset at Klai Yisrael. Uh, here the Assessor Shratan primarily focusing on now. If you take a look at the Radak over here, in Yudchas, Rakshev Yehud Levada, Shevet Binyamin Tafel of Imas. Whenever we mention Yehuda, it means Binyamin also. Binyamin was smaller and it was Tafel to Yehuda. And then, we have to mention because it's the truth right now, Gam Yehuda Lo Shamras Mitzvah Hashem Elokeihem, Ve'yelcha Buchukas Yisrael Asher Asum, Ve'yimas Hashem Bechol Zerah Yisrael. I take a look at the Mitzvahs David for a moment. Vayimas and Chaf Ratzalaymar in Kolzos Lamas Ata Rakbi Yisrael. Even though it says Bechalzay Yisrael, Yisrael over here means Asaras Shvatim, not all of Klai Yisrael. Even though we just said Yehuda was doing much of the same, still the rejection over here will be the Asaras Shvatim. The Anem Vyitnam Biyad Shaisim Ata Sher Shlichami Panov that will be attacked as they're being attacked now until they're totally exiled. And we go back to the original problem, Yeruvim, who was a tzaddik, who was appointed to take care of them until they rejoin Yehuda, which is supposed to be soon, which unfortunately hasn't happened yet. And Yeruvim Menavot, due to his redifus covid also start off with the taiva, the taiva here was for covid he didn't want the competition, he didn't want them going back. If you remember, Yadach, Yeruvim, as in Lashon, Mesis, and Mediach, Yadach, Yeruvim, Metzisor, Macharei Hashem, Bechtiyem, Chata, Gedoyla. Everything, as the Pasuk repeated many times, is pinned on Yeruvim. Even though he didn't mean it for Avadazar and he certainly didn't tell him to import the Baal. And he certainly didn't mention Moiluch. It doesn't make a difference. He started. It's always called Chatas Yeruvim. Lazar Mimena. It's uh, eerie, but quite frightening. The uh, original architects and leaders of uh, Haskalah, uh, Reform. Moses Mendelssohn, if you'd ask him, if you'd meet him, probably looked quite orthodox, and he would claim he was quite orthodox. Didn't help his grandchildren. Yerav Menavot looked extremely firm. And gave a very fiery, sheer, clully, and purple on why this is mutter and necessary, and why we need another yantif, 30 days from Sukkot, like we have a Pesach training after Pesach. He had a lumdus for everything. And you would say, okay, so he made a mistake for his covered so Samoyluch and Baal and, and Golis and the losing of Sarshvat has to be pinned on him? The answer is yes. He was a Gavarabba enough, he should have known better. It's the fact that the original one was from uh, doesn't help. It makes things worse in a way. Uh, what is Adayamazeh? Take a look at the Metsudas David again in Pasuk Chav uh, Gimel. The second Dibra Maschal, Ariyamazer, Ratzalamer, Venesham, Ariyamazer, Velo Chazu, Baisheni, Kemo Yehuda. And they didn't come back and Baisheni. He's not taking a position whether they're coming back, because that's Machalikistanoim. 
Still here, why did Hashem have more patience with them, and why did Hashem bring them back? And the Asas Shvatim didn't get that. They're all doing the same of This is crucial for the understanding of what's going to unfold in the next few prokim. Uh, Yisrael, it was more embedded, and the takala, the importing of this uh, whole theme of lack of regard for halacha, and primarily the Avodazar and everything that happened because of that. Came was imported from the Asaras Ashvatim. And they ended up doing it without the king forcing them. They ended up doing it Lahachis. That's why they went and they didn't come back. They didn't start. As I said, the downward pressure came from the kings who were Risham, and not all of them were Risham Baruch Hashem. And the right of the is, every time they zigzagged and they replaced the Melech Russia with the Melech Tzaddik, like we're going to go from Alchaz to Chizkiyo, they did tshuva in a big way, and they started learning in a big way. And therefore they didn't deserve to go into Golos now, and even when they go, they deserve to come back. He says in the brackets, the Chet is not comparable to the Asaras Ashwatan, Ketchilas as they didn't start. They were almost like uh, casualties of what was going on up north, Kedera Shabaya de Yisrael. That's quite a Matsudas David. Basically, he explains that everything is going to unfold out of Yamazeh. They might not be coming back. If they are, there was certainly a lot of damage. They didn't come back and join Klai for the last couple thousand years. And yet the Pasuk includes Yehudah and what was going on. The answer is it was very different, that it came from a different place. And most of the damage came from the Shvatim, and it came via Osmosis to Yehuda. And as soon as the Malachim Rashaim died and the sons took over, often who were Tzadikim, like Achaz, now Cheskio, and then Menashe is going to go the other way, uh, we're going to see a tremendous revival in the Ruchnius. Yes? Yeah, Tzitzkiyo uh, lived at a, a very difficult time where it was so far gone then. That was already the time of the Chorban, he couldn't turn them around. Well, he couldn't. He, the Navi said he could have. He didn't think he could. We're still far from there, Baruch Hashem, and when Tzitzkiyo demands they all come learn again and he uh, fills up the base Medjush and everybody starts realizing what's going on, there's going to be a tremendous Aliyah and they're going to have tremendous Nisim. The tremendous things are going to go on in Yehuda and it's just like a couple of kilometers away of what's going on over here. Why? At the time of the Chorban already, there weren't enough people who wanted to do tshuva. The kashi is, how can you have a Chorban at the time of Sitzkei Amel? Have a Chorban at the time of Achaz. Yochim, there were plenty of Risham. Why Sitzkei? He was a tzaddik. So that's what they're trying to address. He was a tzaddik, but there were not enough people doing tshuva to call off this Chorban. But the Mitzvah David says that they came back and the Chorban wasn't as bad because more people survived, more people survived from. That's the, that's the difference. Let's do a little Peleyayetz. We start a little bit late, so we'll just go a few more minutes. We're in the middle of Bizayin on page Nun Zayin. There's plenty of copies over here. Second to the last paragraph on page Nun Zayin was discussing what we discussed the length of Rosh Hashanah. Some is Mavaziu, Al Piyashkafa, Chinuch says, even Al Piyalacha. 
even if he bobbles you and embarrasses you, you should not want to take Nakama, you should not be over in Lasisna, you should know Mehashem Yatzadavar. And it was coming, and he has his own Cheshmer with the Kosh Baruch Hu. Whether or not we pass like that, Lamaisa, in terms of the Isser of Nakama and Lasisna, or whether it's just the high road of Kalna Love and Vena Oven, Shaman Chapasan Vlamashivan. Uh, and the uh, bracha of Kalmarvel Medesim Avril Lo Kopshov that we didn't finish yet, and we're going to discuss that further over the Amtevim. But the Ashkafa is certainly there, and the Peliyaz goes with it. You have to know if the Bizayan comes, it's a Kapara and Isayan, and don't shoot the messenger, even though what he did was terribly wrong. The bottom paragraph, Kfar Sipra Alecha, this is a very jarring story. Sipra Alecha min Hasidim Shashalu Beza Yam Yam of Samach Simchagdela. When was the happiest day of your life? The greatest form of Simcha Sachayim and Menucha Sanefesh. Well, a couple of good drinks and good steaks I had. Nothing to write home about because as soon as you finish, it sort of leaves you. And sometimes you think that something is good, then it's not good. So even if you make a lot of money, you can do good things with it. Sometimes it can bring misfortune. All that is fleeting. Sometimes what's good looks good is bad, vice versa. The only thing that brings true simcha, per yesterday's discussion, is when you reach benchmarks in your Avedis Hashem and your growth in Ruchnius. It's the following story he tells over of what he felt was the greatest uh, moment in his Ruchnius. On ships, they have, uh, on planes, they have first business and coach. On ships, they have uh, probably first, I don't know if they have business, they have uh, steerage, what do they call it? Steerage. Uh, like the lowest for the, all the people, your grandparents who came here in Ellis Island, my grandparents also. So they, they couldn't afford tickets, what? I came. You came? Okay, you came in steerage? No, <laughs> So, uh, you probably had a nicer ticket, but not, nobody could afford so here's a yid, doesn't have any money, and he's in the bottom of the ship. And there were people in first class. One of them had to use the facilities, even in the fancy ships then. Because they didn't have marked uh, washrooms, and he had to go down to steerage. When he saw this guy in the corner in rags, it's a pitiful sight, and he probably saw he was a yid, probably didn't like yidin either. Didn't help much. And he used him as the latrine. Can't get worse, can't get more embarrassing in a bigger Bizayan than this. In this tzaddik, is that he held nothing of himself. He just, whatever happened in life was just straight Mahashem and nothing made a Rishim. And when he saw that his reaction was lack of a reaction, most of us would, uh, the reaction would be anything between throttling and uh, screaming, yelling. Uh, that would be good already. If you had a gun, it would be dangerous. This fellow didn't make a ration. And he was so happy that he got to this madrega that somebody being him didn't make a ration. I think, uh, Yaakov, I think you wrote this up with Victor Miller. Somebody told me a story. He was once walking. He used to take walks in Ocean Parkway a lot. And once he, um, Flappish wasn't always completely from. It still happened today. And somebody went by and uh, spit at him. And he probably knew this Pelliades. He had a Simchigdela. Didn't you? Uh, 
had the Simcha Gdela that, uh, now that's a pretty bad, not as bad as this, but that's a, a bad design. Most people at least say something when somebody spits on you. How do you correlate that with the Ohavi Hashem Sinura? Oh, right, Sinura is, you should, you should, you should hate the Ra. Yeah, you should hate the Ra. What you're reacting to it. That's more the feeling. You should hate Ra. As a matter of fact, the Bali Musa say, even if you're looking at a Rashi, you should hate the, hate the Ra, not necessarily hate the Rishan. If he's a, if he's a Molech or somebody like that, you have a right to, and this Kinnis Hashem, many people ask me, Yantav, as we were discussing this, what happened to all the Pesukim of Kinnis Hashem? That's a, it's a Milo, not a Chisar. And the answer is, yeah, for Rishan Gemurim, who Hashem uh, want to, uh, wants to uh, uh, show the Kfei uh, Shemayim, it's a Chil Hashem when uh, Jewish blood is cheap, Rahman of Islam. So there's an Indian of Nakama to to make a Roshim on that. That's why people have asked, it's not, again, Shai is where we spend our resources, but uh, I think I mentioned once, uh, and Simon uh, Wesenthal used to have his, uh, his sentence, probably still there, but he's not alive anymore. So people ask me over the years, is there an Indian to run after Nazis or attach them? And the answer is, again, it's that go ahead of, of building yeshiva so people can learn and have a next generation of Yidin? No, but where he, wa- where he was, and, and the people supported it, they weren't uh, yet from, but they were good Jews at heart, and they felt it's got to be justice. That's a Jewish thing. The Pesach speaks about that. That Jewish blood shouldn't be cheap. <coughs> and they, they should know that. So there, there, is such a, there is such an Indian. Over here, it's a question of whether you're taking it, uh, this guy wasn't worried about Kavar Torah. The Miller wasn't worried about Kavar Torah. The answer is to say something, the Sheikh is going by, he's like, what is he going to do? The guy's riding by on a bicycle, he's pissing him. There's, a, there's no way make him a machal for Kavar Torah. He was probably walking with one of his Talmidim, and he didn't think that was an issue. He felt the issue was to show that uh, this is not a personal thing I'm going to worry about. This doesn't, doesn't make me or break me in life. He says, says that um, a person is a person of quality. You, could, you should, they'll, they'll, they'll listen to some spit yelling or rebuke or something right. like that. If a person's a low life, there's nothing more can you Right, do. right. Nothing you're going to say and just going to create, right. The fact they didn't respond. Right, right. right. To give him Musa wouldn't do anything anyway, right. Right. So anyway, he was so happy, this chassid, that he was able to hold himself and uh, didn't get upset, didn't get angry. And if you don't have that madrega and you have a reaction inside, which I think most of us wouldn't, that would be good if we don't say anything, but we're, we're furious inside, at least don't say anything. Even if it makes a reshim on you, which is human, nobody's a... Uh, at least don't say anything and calm down. You usually don't regret what you don't say. And in life, uh, you can have a lot more yishvadas and live longer. If every comment that somebody made and every time you felt your covet was nifka, you didn't react and uh, didn't stare you in your avodas Hashem and your day-to-day living. Okay, Mitzvah Shem will continue. Uh, send out an email.